Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my good friend Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? I am fantastic, Cody. Uh, well, you know, not so fantastic. My Knicks lost tonight in a game that they should have won. They made a fantastic comeback, but yet they did lose to the Bulls. Um, but besides that, I'm doing okay. You know, I expected the Cowboys to come out and win tonight. We're recording this on late Thursday evening. They did just that. And, um, you know, so I'm good. I'm good. We are recording late Thursday night. It is a, a Thursday showdown. As you all know, I am the showdown virgin here at Establish the Run, <laughs> parent company of Establish the Collection. I've got my Don't Dupe Me Bro shirt on. Shout out, to, uh, shout out to Peter Overzet, uh, a, true, a true legend in the content game. We got a lot to talk about in terms of hobby news and notes, and we've been we've been kind of doom and gloom a little bit, if you will, talking kind of the downturn, uh, uh, the recent downturn of the hobby and and what we have to look ahead to. But I uh, haven't really talked a whole lot on just generic news and notes around the hobby. And and as always, it keeps us busy. As soon as we think there's kind of a lull, as soon as we think that there aren't many headlines being made, we get boom back to back to back in the physical, the digital, the the fractional streets. So yep. why don't we kick it off? With our good friends at Dibs, announced today, the I think he's the second richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> and his company Amazon are now investors in in Dibs, the fractional card platform that Gary and I have been uh, thoroughly enjoying throughout the football and basketball season, trying to onboard new users and trying to get you guys familiar with their website, with their platform. But uh, good stuff to see for for our friends at Dibs getting some money out of Jeff Bezos's pocket. Awesome, man. Like there's just, it's a fantastic for the hobby. I mean, say what you yeah. want about Amazon, like whatever, whatever right, sure. you want to say about Amazon. Like, I'm not going to get into that. I use Amazon quite often. Whatever <laughs> you want to say. The fact that Amazon, as you said, the second richest man in the world, you know, biggest company, whatever you want to say, at least the fact that they are investing in this stuff, in cards, in fractional, whatever you want to say, that is good. There's just no denying the fact that that is good. So happy about what uh, the news out of, uh, Bloomberg, I think, broke it that yep. Amazon is investing in dibs um, as collectibles become more of a thing and, and just very, very happy about that. I feel like I say this often, but isn't it so refreshing to know that people with a lot more money than you and I, uh, people with a lot more probably skin in the game even, I guess, to compared to what, what Jeff Bezos is worth, not necessarily percentage-wise, but it's nice to know that people uh, with as much wealth and uh, as, as many avenues as they have to invest their money are choosing collectibles yes. as as a form of way, uh, you know, a place to to store their value. So I, I love that. I love that. It's it's encouraging Absolutely. when we get big companies, when we get venture capital, when we get uh, individual sports investors. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is involved. A lot of a lot of smart athletes are involved, in not only fractional but in in sports cards as well. Kevin Durant's venture thoroughly involved in collectibles. So it's just it's just good to see that stuff. Yeah, he's not the first and he won't be the last, right? We saw Mark Cuban get into mm -hmm. Golden. We saw Alexis Ohanian get into uh, Alt, right? We saw all these guys and, you know, Reddit, you know, Cuban, all this stuff uh, be involved in the hobby. It's just, it's great, great news. It's great sign for things to come. And I think this is just another sign of that. And Dibs, we've talked about Dibs a lot. You know, they are still really in their infancy in a lot of ways, but we've talked about all the things that they're doing that are really a great indicator, or at the very least, a fantastic, uh, you know, innovative, like option to get involved yeah. in this hobby. And Amazon clearly recognized that, got involved, and and good on Evan and the team over at Dibs, and good on Amazon for doing it. We're very excited about the future there. So. And along those same lines, not only did they announce the the new funding from Amazon, 
they have also recently launched the ability to sell your cards on dibs. I don't know if you caught that, but basically as long as the card is already listed on the platform, um, so one that I was looking at earlier, my my Dak Prescott 2016 Prism Silver PSA 10, uh, as long as the card is on the platform, you can option to sell that through Dibs' platform and you can retain or allow as much as you'd like to be sold. So I think that's pretty innovative. It's, it's a way to kind of offer liquidity while still maintaining some upside in the card. So if you want to if you want to offload 50% of your 2016 Dak Prescott, you certainly can. You can retain 50%. And, and it's just a way to a, a new way for us that have been collecting the physical streets to get a little bit more liquidity. So I thought that was a pretty encouraging sign from them and, and very innovative as well. Yeah, really, really smart. Just a fantastic entry point for dibs as far as like just the general user being able to sell their stuff on their platform. Um, makes sense the way they're doing it, kind of having the stuff that's already up there. You can kind of dive in and and get involved. And I think they'll just continue to expand upon uh, that idea. And I believe that it will become a more uh, user-friendly as well as just kind of alternative place to be able to sell your uh, collection, sell your inventory, whatever uh, it may be for you. But uh, yeah, very exciting stuff coming out of dips for sure. All right. What about this National Treasures one of one Zion logo man that was pulled, I think, in China? Yeah, uh, China. I was trying to follow along with the live stream. One of the biggest chases in the hobby over the last few years. I'm sure you found yourself in many a break room hoping to land this bad boy. I know you've got some nice Zion RPAs of your own. What are your what are your thoughts on the holy grail uh, of Zion collectibles finally being pulled? Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. This yeah. is definitely something that I had my eyes and ears on for a while, especially as, I mean, when NT 2019-20 came out, it was definitely uh, maybe not the peak of my breaking days and the peak of my like buying days but it was it was close to it and it was kind of after and i was spending a lot of money going after this card going after mm -hmm. that class in general because i believed in it and obviously i knew that the numbers that were out on this card five hundred thousand seven hundred fifty thousand dollar bounties that were on this card uh i think got up to a million maybe at one point i don't I actually don't remember off the top of my head but i believe this guy has had the guy that ended up hitting it i think it was out of china in a break ended up has had um offers uh, you know upwards of that and i don't know if he's taken them yet but you know legitimately the best possible zion williamson card you can have um you know there's definitely been a little bit of a concern as far as him not being able to get on the floor um you know came out a couple of days ago that he's going to start being able to ramp up with practice activity then we get today thursday that that gets pushed back a little bit a little bit of a setback we're getting pushed back a week so i think this is going to be a problem for zion as you know as long as he isn't in you know peak shape at the very least which i don't believe he is in and that's a problem for you know some of his high-end investing that said for somebody that was maybe the most hyped prospect in the hobby since lebron there's not going to be a shortage of buyers for a card like this so it's a big deal that his legitimate pinnacle card was pulled. Um, happy to see it out in circulation. I think it's a good thing for the hobby and hoping to see Zion back on the floor sooner than later. Talk through the thought process when you pull that card, right? Like you, you've been chasing it for two plus years now. You finally hit it, right? Uh, it's, it's possibly a seven-figure card. Zion's now injured. There's certainly some some doubts about uh, you know his long long term sustainability with that body style, with that play style, with that athleticism, and if it doesn't age well, it could end poorly for him. What so what 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 is just your general thought process when you pull that card? What is what is Gary Hartman doing the moment yeah, that I that mean, card comes out? 
I think my initial thought is like, if you're involved in this hobby, especially when that 1920 came out a year and a half ago or whatever it was, you know about those bounties that were on that card. So your initial thing is, is this still worth what those bounties were uh, saying it was worth, right? So um, if that is the case, you want to then go and at least inquire about the fact, can I still get this 750,000, 500,000, whatever the original bounty was, on it. That doesn't mean you have to make any decision on on selling or whatever it is, but you're going to have no shortage of suitors, both auction and private, you know, um, buyers alike that are going to show interest in this card. So I think you let the you let most of the action come to you at that point. And you know, I I don't think that because everyone knows that it's out there and that bounty did exist, I do think you have a floor of price that you can sell if you want to sell it. Um, but if I would probably wait at this point because at least he's yeah. ramping up with practice activity. I think that I would wait till he's back on the floor. I think I'd wait till he's back on the floor. Um, you know, even if he is going to be a chronic injury concern, even if he is going to not be what we think he's going to be, there will be a time that he is back on the floor and flashing while he's still very, very young. Right. So like we just see this happen all the time with superstars, like when they get on the court and they're still in their prime or before prime, they will be able to show their peak. And I think I'm waiting until at least that before I'm making any moves on this card, even though it's risky because, you know, you're holding a legitimate possible seven figure asset in your hands. Right. Right. I am curious because it is a seven figure asset. Are you looking to get that thing slabbed up immediately? Mm. Are you looking to try and get that to PSA or BGS or whoever? Right. When yeah. you get it. So I, I, you know, NT is a real mixed bag as far as if it can grade or not. Like I have a mm -hmm. Tyler Hero that I graded myself, a true RPA that that did gem a 9.5. But you could tell mm -hmm. very quickly because of the thick, they're 130 point. You could tell very quickly because of the thickness if it's something that actually is in good condition or not. And so I think this person can make a determination if they'd actually want to sell it, uh, grade it or not. Now, that doesn't mean not slab it, but grade it because you'll be able to tell on the edges very quickly if it is worthy of grading. And if it, there's like edge wear, which a lot of these cards do have, it's going to get like an 8.5 or an 8, and that might not be worth grading. Again, a one one you can do whatever you want, really. Sure. Like, do you want to grade it? Sure. But at the very least, yes, what I would do is send it to PSA or Beckett for authentication and slabbing. So then what that is doing is it's it's going to grade the autograph a 10, hopefully, and it's going to authenticate it, and then it's going to protect it. That's probably what I would do. Perfect. I wanted to I wanted to go there because we have some news out of PSA recently and PSA's parent company, Collector's Universe. It sounds like, just based off of some communication from Nat Turner, that they are going to open up their regular services soon. They have not yet announced prices, and it will be on a very limited basis. So still some some stuff in the, up in the air as far as that goes. There's going to be a certain number of allocated submissions per day, and obviously, obviously their main focus is still eliminating that massive backlog that they're dealing with from earlier this year. So this is, just brings up another good point for, for anyone that's interested in kind of the data in the hobby. Uh, I don't know if you you followed along Gemrate, and we've talked a little bit about Gemrate on the show, but they're doing some awesome stuff kind of behind the scenes, just just doing the tracking data of cards that are graded, which categories they're graded in, how many cards PSA is grading per day. So I think if, if you guys are interested in just kind of seeing the volume that PSA is dealing with at this point, if you want to check it out, gemrate.com, some interesting analysis there in terms of of just which cards are being graded and how many of them are. Do you have any any thoughts on what regular submissions might look like when PSA is fully reopened? Prices, turnaround time, anything that you're you're anticipating? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll address just the fact that hopefully this is happening soon, which I think is mostly a good thing. And I'd say mostly a good thing because we are still seeing 
just an overall haul of slabs come back into circulation that are very, very cheap slabs. So, you know, that is going to continue to happen as those get back. What I do think is going to happen is they're going to set these prices at a number where they're going to try to discourage you from sending in a $10 card or $15 card. Um, and it doesn't, you know, they didn't, when people sent those cards in, in like ultra modern $10 card card, they didn't know that, um, you know, the modern, you know, the base and like that bottom would drop out the way it has. Sure. So I think what they're going to end up doing, and I don't know, this, this is pure speculation, but I would imagine that it's still going to be somewhere between 30 and $50 a card for your cheapest tier. Um, I would, I would think right now we're still at 150 and the express. You know, again, that's pure speculation, but I think that they, you know, especially knowing that they have so much stake in the game right now, you know, they're such a big player and everything that's going on. Um, I think that they would understand the value of scarcity. They'd understand the value of being able to keep their company open and moving and keeping product rolling through, keeping slabs uh, being encapsulated. So I, I do think that we will see a higher price than we ever saw before for your cheapest tier, um, but hopefully still affordable for someone that wants to send in a card that's worth sending in, right? Like if you if you have a $400 card um, that's sitting there and it could be 650 because it's, you know, graded or 700, like you yeah. should be able to send that card in for a reasonable price. Uh, even for the premium of 50 bucks of grading it, you're still getting $250 profit, whatever it is. I think you need to find that sweet spot and I, and I trust that they'll be able to do it. Yeah, that's such a good point. There's there's a need, and just in terms of supply and demand, there is a need to increase those prices to discourage some of those base cards from continuing to flood PSA's offices. It's just crazy with the the pop counts that we're starting to see, and I'm sure even even print runs of cards in years past have a lot of base cards. They just weren't being sent in at that time, at that frequency, at that volume. Right, so you're seeing twenty thousand plus PSA ten base cards for guys like Zion and Luca and Ja, and it's just completely unsustainable. If you think about those things in terms of market cap and and total number of of uh, collectors that are interested in in buying those things, it was pretty clear, I think, that the bottom was going to fall out. Maybe not to the degree that it has, uh, and so quickly, but I think just based off of the volume that we were seeing, it was pretty clear the volume was going to fall out. Uh, what about the the other news from PSA's parent company, Collectors Universe? They have acquired Card Ladder. We've we've both of us use Card Ladder. Both of us talk about Card Ladder a lot on this show. It's a great resource. Uh, I think one big concern, I guess, from from maybe from collectors or from people that are using these tools is can they truly remain, you know, agnostic of of card grader, right? Because they're going to be tied to PSA and they provide pricing and data for. Uh, you know, BGS and and other SGC, other card graders. Can we can we expect them to truly remain agnostic just in terms of data sources and and data that they're providing when they're so closely connected to PSA? Yeah, that is my concern. And 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 I understand the purchase. I mean, card ladder really, really took off like right before we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um yep. you know, and and so it's been really only around for like a year-ish um as far as like an actual resource. So and it is, you know, by far the best resource of coming onto the scene and looking at things from a just straight up, like, let me look at the, the same stuff that we have for NFTs and Top Shot. Like, clearly, yeah, someone such you know, such good resources in the, right, on the NFT side, right. and they've done that. They've done yes, that. And someone saw that from a hobby perspective, said we need this, and 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 created it. And I understand PSA wanted to come and swoop in and buy it. My hope would be that they, because like right now we see with Card Ladder that they are very you know like hit and miss of what cards they have up there i understand it's still kind of a new company a startup like 
I don't know what the process is for them evaluating a card's history and a card's sales uh, performance, but we do see a mix of raw SGC, BGS, PSA on there right now. I don't like the same way Fox News has the you know opportunity to kind of spin or CSN, CNN, whatever side you're on, I don't care. The kind of opportunity to spin, you know, the story, if if you will. Um, card ladder kind of has that power right now with where they are in the hobby. You know, if you're looking up a LeBron card, like PSA owns that company now, they can decide if they you only could see the PSA, which at sure. the end of the day will ha have an effect on the bottom line of the BGS version of that card. So my hope is they would act with integrity and would just kind of want to be a, uh, you know, act within good faith uh, of the hobby. But, you know, I'd be lying if I'd say that, like, you know, they're going to come in and try to make this company much bigger than what it is right now because it's already considered kind of like the go-to resource for just performance, uh, like looking at a card like a stock. And, yep. you know, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, it's not that big a deal because you can do your own research. But at the same time, um, this has become a legitimate company that people rely on. And I want to make sure it's not so heavily, you know, lean towards PSA. Yeah, and they've done such a good job of just putting everything under one umbrella. I just hope it I hope it remains that way. And we've said this about other um partnerships, if you will, or acquisitions, mergers that PSA and Collectors Universe has been a part of. And we haven't really seen any uh ill effects of that. So I don't think we have any reason to believe at at this point. It's just something to keep an eye on. Yep. Uh, you know, if we start seeing more of a focus on PSA versus BGS and, and SGC and other of the big name brand companies, it'll it'll just be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. But For sure. uh, I think it's exciting news. We, we need collectors that are informed. We need collectors that have the data at their ready to make good investing decisions and good collecting decisions. That's that's why we started this podcast. That's why we use Card Ladder because they've been such a good resource. Um, yes, that is, I should say, that is the flip end of this, right? Like they yeah. get PSA's backing and they become you know, way more powerful and more of a tool than they already are, which is good for every member of the hobby and every collector. So yes, yes, I, I agree. All right. One last, one last just major piece of news item. I've talked about rally a lot on here. Rally has a bunch of cool assets ranging from the declaration of independence to dinosaur bones, to all of the sports cards you could ever imagine in between. Uh, I know you got your hands on the declaration of independence. Oh, yeah. What a, what, a, what a sick run out for a true, true American. Uh, you know, you, you get the the Constitution Dow, which I don't know if you followed that at all. Um, basically crowdfunding an effort to buy the Constitution. Um, so so basically it was um, and I, I should not be the one to explain a Dow. OK, um, but it's uh, decentralized, autonomous, something or other. Anyway, mm -hmm. it's basically uh, people were sending uh, ETH to try and purchase the constitution at auction and they got like 42 million or so in donations and the the bid amount was basically known because they were they were telling how much eth they had received in terms of what they could what they could bid up to and someone came out and and stole it from underneath of them by outbidding them. So anyway, on the heels of that, then That's rally. That's super the, interesting. Yeah, it's a good story. If you, if you, I mean, I'm sure you guys have have but heard like about it. In by general, now, about crypto and the blockchain, like it's a it could a potential you know downside of it. I guess right. You know? Exactly. Like it's very. Right. It's almost too transparent. <laughs> you don't want your bid amount to be known. Right. If there's other right. wealthy people that can just simply bid a dollar above whatever yeah, it is that you're bidding. You know, me over here, huge American history guy. I I jumped yeah. at the opportunity for for that item. I loved it. I love it. So yeah. the Declaration of Independence goes live, uh, is fully funded quickly, and then I don't know if you've seen, even seen this. I know you're super busy with NBA and NFL and everything in between, but they got a buyout offer. 
already with like, the declaration with the declaration oh, I, didn't of see, I did not see that oh no so you I probably vote. didn't you probably didn't get your no vote in because obviously as a true american you're never going to sell your happen? shares of the declaration of independence um exact date i don't know but it was pretty recent i think the the vote's probably over by now you get 48 hours after a wait so we don't know if it was if it was offer is received but I don't know no, if we've got an official you know, results we don't. yet. I see, the, I see the email now from Tuesday. Yeah, I, I missed it. So, all right. Anyway, well, the buyout well. offer represented, as you can see in your email there, I think a 40%, 40%. increase over, mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. the IPO value. Um, so just a sick run out for rally, whether it's accepted or denied, I would hope, uh, just kind of based off the buzz and you know the, the average investment amount of this particular item. I would hope that it's denied, right? You don't, who cares? About I want it to be denied. I yeah, want you to, want to hold on to your damn shares. 100%. Just a, tr a true American, Gary Hart. I would have been a big this. vote. No, <laughs> I would have started rallying votes. I would have started knocking on doors. I right. want, getting, I want signing, getting petition signed. Hell yeah. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. More importantly, though, uh, as as good as this was just for in terms of generic organic marketing for rally, they announced on the heels of that, that they are going to live uh, basically live bid ask system that's matched throughout the week as opposed to these 90-day lockout periods that we've been subjected to in the past. So finally, we get live trading. Finally, we get some liquidity in this market. You're better able to take advantage of trading windows. I can't tell you how many times that I would invest in an asset. And then shortly after I had invested or shortly after I had purchased more shares, there would be some major catalyst, right? That would, it could be an MVP award is announced or it could be a Super Bowl run or it could be any number of things. Whatever it and is, yeah. Whatever it may be. And I'm just not able to sell those shares because they're locked up for 90 days. So now with live trading, bids and asks are matched throughout the day. I love it. It's great for rallies ecosystem as a whole and i'm i'm just very excited to kind of double down once again on fractional in terms of of how i allocate most of my collectibles dollars yep and you know like when i got into this that's what i told you from the beginning my biggest concern was like okay yeah i want to i believe in the things i'm investing mm -hmm. in um but i i don't like that i i can't do anything with them uh for a certain period of time or at least for for a good period of time and so very very happy with what rally is doing because i really really do like rally as a company i think they get great items um you know they were my first exposure to the fractional space i have a good uh, solid portfolio with them now and excited that i can uh, both sell and bid on items that i was not um privy to at mm -hmm. ipo so really really happy about it good stuff good stuff and it should be stated just as an aside that most of these items are you know in, in my eyes, long-term holds, there's not a whole lot of flipping happening here. You know, uh, these aren't the type of items that you necessarily even need to trade uh, like you would day trade okay. or flip certain certain lower end stuff. But uh, it is nice when you when yep. you want to exit a position or add on to a position, you are free to do so more of uh, frequently at this point. All right, let's get yeah. into the fun stuff because we finally have some news out of NFL Top Shot or yes. as they're calling it. NFL all day, NFL Adrian Peterson. Yes. Not NFL Blitz as many of us had liked. What what was your what was your go-to? I like I like Blitz too. Yeah, Blitz uh, was like good. our friend, I like our friend Ryan. I'm I mean, I just think I guess the concern where what there was that EA Sports or, or whoever sure. owns that that title um still does own it. But I don't think it would have been that big of a deal to try to go out and buy it from them. But hey, you know, I don't know. I guess it's probably wasn't worth it. Um yeah, listen, the name is a name. Once the product the, the product will be judged on the product. Yes. And and we don't once once it comes out, we will uh 
we will you know go over it then and and, and look at it and be excited about it but all day ADED all day every day Adrian Peterson <laughs> whatever it may be uh, I'm fine I think the the biggest piece of news is that we actually we we kind of finally are able to put some names, some ideas to the moments yes. if they're still going to call them those uh, that that are going to be out on the blockchain that are going to be out on the platform. They came out with their three sets. We've got the base, the you know the common set that we've been familiarized with on the NBA Top Shot platform. We've got the rare set, and just today was announced the iconic, the legendary set. Yep. So. Let's just run through those real quick. And if anything stands out, stop me. Or if you want to just jump at the end here, um, let's just kind of talk through. So the the common moments, the first one is a set called He Called Game. Uh, Top Shot says here, Dapper says here, it's over. Whether it was punched across the goal line by the offense, sailed through the uprights on a kicker's foot, shout out Justin Tucker, or came down to a big defensive stop. These are the moments that send one team ha- one team home happy and the other back to the drawing board. I think that's great. We had kind of joked about the kickers, the Justin Tucker moment, uh, what he had a 60-some yarder in Detroit already this season. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, move the chains is the next one. The building blocks of great drives, first downs. These moments keep the ball moving down the field on the march toward the end zone. All I picture here is a wide receiver standing up after he catches a nine-yard route and doing one of these. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Next one, make the stop. Uh, basically just a defensive uh, category here. Safe uh, sack, a pick, a tackle for a loss, forces a turnover on downs. Taysom Hill is very familiar with those after tonight's <laughs> tonight's performance. Uh, but getting the defensive side of the ball involved, it'll be interesting just from a you know a financial aspect. Obviously, we're, we're in this for the hobby, for the fun, for the collectability. But we do want to turn this thing into a profitable hobby. I am curious how users on the platform will turn this into a money-making opportunity, yeah. like with guys on the defense, and, and we'll talk here in a second on, on the trenches. Anything stand out from, from those first common sets? Anything that gets the juices flowing for you? Um, no, I mean, it, it all makes sense to me. Uh, he called game. I, I, I guess um, slightly surprised that that's not more of a higher-up tier, yeah. kind of a game-winning a game yeah. uh play or, or moment if you will uh but the mo- the move the chains and make the stop that makes sense to me um yeah i'm very as i said to you i think when we started talking about this i'm very curious to see if defensive players hold any more mm-hmm. value here than they do in the regular hobby because i think they actually might because like we're able to see visually the impact that they're having and i think like you know an aaron donald disruption or freaking a crazy pick or whatever it may be i think you know it does make sense for it to have a little bit more value here especially if it's like a truly iconic uh, game moment, right? Like yeah. similar to like the Trey Young, we talk about whatever is shushing the crowd. Like there's going to be things like that. So um, I, 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 I'm curious, I'm kind of having my eye on that. And he called game. I think that's going to be a fun one because um, you know, obviously game winning plays are, are important. All right. We start to get into the, the more rare sets, the locked in rare core set, the stuff that we think will, if, if it aligns with NBA top shot, will hold more value long-term this baby this is where we get in the trenches, which, you know, as we joked about with with Ryan, Ryan is very much into offensive line, defensive line play, very much of the school of Evan Silva. We get the in the trenches. The special edition is all about line play because that's where the game is won, as they say, bursting through to take down the quarterback, pancake block. 
I love that, man. I, I want to see some big 350-pound oh, yeah. hog mollies, as our good friend Dave Gettleman would say, just no, blowing no, people there will up. Be in no, the there will be no Giants in this set because the Giants haven't a good offensive line in five years, eight years, whatever it may be. But yes, as our not good friend Dave Gettleman would say, hog mollies, we're excited about that. Yes. Love to see that. Afterburners, uh, the afterburner special edition is the definition of speed. These moments are where you see some of the fastest guys in the league turn on the Jets, whether it be on long runs, quick to the quarterback sacks or speedy QB sneaks, man, that, that brings up a really bad memory of, of, and I, I think, you know, where I'm going with this Daniel Jones oh, talking yeah. about speed. I think he was one of the fastest players in the league on that run where he, uh, where, you know, where the grass just jumped out and, and absolutely ate up his ankles. But I think of these type of plays, oh, that'll where, be, where... that'll be on there. The ghost <laughs> tackle, you know, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he got, you, you have the excuse that he was so fast on it, whatever it may be. Yeah. That totally this is, this is the Tyree kill. Uh, set. This is the Jonathan Taylor this running away from defenses. They, they, and it's the DK Metcalf tackle. DK Met- like, oh they, man, they, that's great. That's but great. But they should do a mix of that with ridiculous plays, like the Daniel Absolutely. Jones, the bloopers, or like, right? Or like the drop the ball before you actually cross the goal line type thing after a oh, pick great. six or something. We should do that because <laughs> that that's fun, and I I would like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think encouraging kind of the psychological attachment to these plays because we're all watching. I mean, the the, yeah. the Raiders Cowboys game was viewed by like thirty eight plus million people. And it's how you whatever. differentiate yourself from the hobby, right? Like it's yeah, it's, for sure. If you if you're trying to make NFTs win, and we've talked a lot about that, and we both agree there's a space for both. If you're trying to make NFTs win, you get silly. Like that is right. what you do, you know, and like and 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 make people want to buy up those moments, and that's what will happen because there's no precedent to thinking that. A uh, freaking 99-yard kick, kick return touchdown by Dante Hall might be what sells. It might be, right, maybe, right. but like get get creative here. Let's have funny plays. Let's have bloopers. Let's have stuff like that. I but think look, there's there there is a reason why we're talking about Dapper and NFL all day as opposed to Panini's NFTs, right? Mm-hmm. Panini is mm-hmm. dropping Mosaic NFTs tomorrow for the NFL. Uh, of this him yes yeah yesterday i bought a pack for ten dollars i don't know why okay um, yeah see so i don't even know i don't even know <laughs> yeah, so we the have base, a, base packs they bought the, the okay the base okay so we have a, officially got. licensed nfts from panini for this rookie class that we're all excited about and we're not talking about them because exactly. it, it's just they're just doing pictures online you know what what nfl all day and what dapper is doing with this product we hope and if they continue to mirror what they've done with top shot in terms of doing the video highlights and and patch packaging them up in a fun way it's going to be it's just going to be so much better and beyond just a, yes. a much better product so totally totally last one in this set ball hawk uh i love this one um precision on punching the ball picking it off taking it back the other way Again, we saw that tonight with Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't know who the defensive lineman was for the Cowboys that picked it off, but uh, pretty good stuff to seal the game there. And I'm actually wrong. There's four more in this set. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, game changer. Sometimes you can just feel the momentum change. Plays that swing a game. That's That sounds like an exciting one. Showtime. Uh, this will be a great one. I love this one. It's as much about the moment as it is about how you celebrate it. These players paired a big-time play with a big-time celebration. Although, I mean... The league might, the no fun league might have just come out and absolutely ruined this set before it even gets started. Because what type of celebrations are we even allowed to do anymore? Nah, taunting all day, man. Taunting all <laughs> day. Um, no, but you know we have years and years for them to draw upon. So yeah. hopefully we'll we'll get some fun there. That's that's a good question. Because do you think uh, do you think we see moments from this year? First, I think it'll be a mix. Or do you I, think we'll oh, see I don't a know. I, I, I would imagine probably this year for the first set. Sure. I would imagine. I would imagine. You know, that's like, kind of my thought process too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. All, All right, right. Well, last. I don't know. 
Last two in this set, launch codes, 3-2-1. These moments highlight deep connections that took the top off of defenses and flipped the field or big-time blasts from a kicker to put three points on the board. Oh, interesting. So they're you know, we're, we're throwing in, oh, it, you know, that the is, Yeah, that is interesting. So it's uh, it's basically like not Hail Marys, but long, completion, <laughs> long completions, right? Long completions yeah. and, then, and then also throwing in the kickers, which so uh, that's shout out to the kickers. Kill. That's a lot of Tyreek Hill and a lot of Justin Tucker, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. And then the two minute drill, this will, uh, you know, another interesting one. Obviously, this is what we're hoping for as fantasy players, as DFS players. We're, we're looking for those plays in the two minute drill, yep. those high value touches from running backs and quick passes for receivers. Let's close it out here quickly with the iconic set, these legendary ones. These are going to be the ones that really hold value if just if, if things are going to parallel to the top shot market. Rookie revelation, the best rookies announced their arrival in grand fashion. The special edition features of the moments when you know that rookie with promise or when you knew that rookie with promise was officially ready to be a force in the league. Don't know if we've seen much of that this year outside of two guys. So this will be an interesting set. Uh, I don't know what they'll do for Zach Wilson. Maybe a, you know, a pick that wasn't a pick six. We'll see what, we'll see what they're able to come up with in terms of rookie revelation. Yep. 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 Uh, the what a drive series. It takes an entire team to execute in the game's biggest moments and string together a pivotal, pivotal drive. This special edition captures the collective effort it takes to march a team down the field in a critical situation. Interesting. Uh, and then hoodwinked. This, so this is where we get into your, your silliness that you were asking. Teams yes. dug deep into their bag of tricks. And what did they find? The special edition. It's the kind of thing you draw up in the dirt or on the playground. The Philly Philly, if you will. It's where play calling creativity meets flawless execution. It's when football really gets fun. So here you go. Here's your here's your yeah, silliness. Your Ted Lassos, here's your fun. Your, your Philly exactly. specials, all that stuff. Yep. That that will be fun and fake punts and all all that. Um, where does the Hale Murray fit in here? What what, what does that what oh, does man. that fit under? Because like That's... I think you know, there's 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 so many like I'm pretty impressed with most of these categories, but I think they can get even into more. You know and yeah. Uh, I think it would be a, it would be a fun exercise and an exercise we could implore the audience to help us with too mm -hmm. if they want to uh, you know send us some recommendations or some shouts on Twitter feel free to do so at uh, at establish the collection check us out on on Twitter and and send us your recommendations on some of your favorite plays yeah for each of these categories I think that would be fun we we can kind of brainstorm these ideas yeah I mean I would imagine like. The Stefan Diggs touchdown in the playoffs yeah. would be on what a drive, right? Like I think things like that, anytime game winning or, or whatever it may be. Um, but there, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see where people think the 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 hats and the buckets that some of these our favorite plays fit into. So, and I want to hear just people's general thoughts on NFL Day. Are you excited? Um, do you want to know more? Are you like all all in the second this thing drops? Mm -hmm. uh, I want to know everyone's thoughts because. I'm excited and I, I will be in from the start, but you know, we've seen the peaks and valleys of NBA top shot. Um, and this is a, an exciting venture for Dapper, especially in America. So I want to, I want to hear everyone's thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to hear feedback on, on what people think. All right. I want to get out of there. I want to get out of here on NFL top shot, but the rookie revelation thing really reminded me of we've got products coming out we've got products now coming out on panini nft apparently that's going to be their their go-to first and eventually we'll see physical products but just just curious in general as mac jones is now kind of running away with rookie yeah. of the year um, now a minus 300 favorite sounds like he's he's pretty much a shoe in to win that award big game coming up against the afc east rivals the buffalo bills just really curious uh, on on how you're planning on handling this class Again, I know we've we've kind of hashed this over a few times, but just curious on how you're handling this class now that we are starting to see products and 
now that NFL uh, all day is going to be in our laps here, hopefully soon. It's very similar to like LaMelo ball. And when those guys first products came out and it's, it's like, you can look right now, there's the 2021 Don Russ PSA 10 for Mac Jones. Yes. It's only a pop of 35 because people haven't, you know, sure. want to send a paper card <laughs> to get graded right now necessarily, but that's a $1,500 card right now. Um, that will not stay a $1,500 card as more things come out. So it's just what it's always telling you is as the top stuff of Mac Jones comes out, it's going to rise to the, the top mm-hmm. as the cream of the crop. As a quarterback, that's probably going to work of the year in Boston. We've talked about all of it. Um, but if you get something in a modern product, your top, top selling window will be within that first two weeks of it being out before another product comes out. I promise you. I promise you. So Spectre comes out next week. I promise you. You hit an RPA at a Spectre, which is a sticker autograph, by the way, most most of the time, pretty much all the time. Um it will be its highest in that two weeks because there's nothing else to compare it to. It's, yep. it's at that point, it is its highest rookie patch autograph. It's its highest relic auto, whatever it may be. That is going to be your highest opportunity to sell Mac Jones. So until the real flagship stuff, until prism, national treasures, optic, flawless, whatever, until that stuff comes out, you have your selling windows right now. Now that is not to say if you are looking at Mac Jones as a law or whoever, I'm just using Mac Jones as an example. Cause he is the example as a long-term investment. You can do that. That's fine. But no, you are not going to have windows to sell this guy at this level until he wins a Super Bowl, if that ever happens. I promise you that right now. That's all. That's where we're at. Just to piggyback off of that point, because I was looking at a few other guys that uh, that I'm interested in at this point, more established veterans. We talked about that Kaboom that, that everyone's chasing, that we're all chasing. And Mac Jones' Kaboom is up to $2,800. Mm-hmm. $2,800. If you look at Lamar Jackson, uh, an MVP, his 2800 Kaboom graded a PSA 10 last sold for 2925. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe that. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's recency. It's um it's mostly recency. <laughs> it's it's just yeah. the fact that this is what's in circulation and this is right. his most short printed uh case hit card right now. So yeah, yeah it's not going to stay that way. It's not going to stay that way. And you know it, it may be that a Mac Jones PSA 10 Kaboom is forever more valuable than a Lamar. I don't know. Sure, maybe, sure. but it's a great, great comparison point and a great point that you have windows right now. I'm not telling you to sell it. If you believe in Mac Jones and that's your guy and you're chasing him and all that stuff, that's cool. But if you're, if you have some Mac Jones just by chance, if you were chasing him for a flip, I would do it before the next release comes out because you're going to see this, this, uh, this pattern. We have special coming out next week. Um, and then we have on the 15th impeccable. Those have really cool RPAs. Um, and then we have illusions. That's not so great. Um, but we have, you know, you're going to still see as debt, December, January, February come in, uh, prism eventually will come optic eventually will come. Um, you're going to see more and more. So I think we have a couple of examples right now that you can take advantage of. But um, yeah, good on Mac Jones. going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to maybe get a one or two seed. Uh, Good for him. A lot more football that we wanted to get into, but I think we can leave it there. I think we're going to get a lot more uh, information just from the Week 13 that is upcoming. We've got a big hobby matchup between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow on Sunday. Excited Uh, about that hopefully some things that will kind of settle its way uh, into the MVP market, a market that apparently no one wants to win no this year it. as every quarterback seems to put up a dud as soon as they cement themselves as a true contender. So we'll, we'll maybe get, see some separation in that market as well and get back to that next week 
along with some NBA topic uh, discussion. Hopefully we get some more information. I know Evan Mobley is back. Uh, this rookie class is is performing well. Anthony Edwards continues to perform well from yeah, last man. year's class. And, what and a Lamello, man. I mean, What a second year league for Edwards, too. And Lamello just continues to ascend. Yeah, we had some young stars in this league. It's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it there, my friend. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Again, I know we keep saying we want to get somebody from Dibs on. These guys are, are super knowledgeable, and especially on the heels of the Amazon announcement. would love to get Yeah, we're going to try hard for on. next week because, so. you know, Cody and I's uh, recording schedule is all over the place. Mm -hmm. We're super busy. Cody's a, a dad and working two jobs. I am grinding my face off with NBA. Uh, but we're going to try to kind of get more of a daytime shoot next week and get some of these guys from Dibs on because we have a lot to talk about with, with them. All right. For Gary. I'm Cody. I'll see you guys next week. Take care, everyone.